Welcome to Lunch Break, a special weekly series of the Eternal Entrepreneur that gives you bite-sized pieces of wisdom on how to build a functional faith and business. Each episode unpacks a short, actionable topic you can put into practice this week. Let's get into it. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us for Lunch Break. I am Pierce Brantley, co-host of the Eternal Entrepreneur. It feels good to be back. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad we're talking here today. And I hope that on this Monday morning, assuming you're catching this on a Monday when we normally do lunch breaks, that uh, your spirits are full of the Spirit of God, that you are pursuing your entrepreneurial journey with joy, that you're leaning into your Monday, and that you're hitting it hard, because that's what we should be doing as business leaders. And it's on this topic of Mondays, of, of leaning into the beginning of the week, that gets me thinking a lot about vision, a lot about my why, a lot about why I'm leaning into the day to begin with. And I'm sure you do the same thing. If you ever got caught up in the monotony of the day, of uh, the disc jockey of demographics, of trying to navigate through the hodgepodge of business decisions, you know, it's easy to get so caught up in the details that we lose the bigger picture we lose the the why, the impetus behind what drives us to do what we do. And I think that it's actually this sort of driving down into the details, this, this sort of getting caught up in the minutia that actually causes us to overgrandize our own visions and actually lends to a lack of clarity, which then breaks down our ability to be effective in the market and effective with our customers. And we're going to call this uh, a Pierce's pet peeve. Uh, Probably won't keep the segment name, but just bear with me. It's going to be a Pierce's pet peeve kind of day. And we're going to talk about one specific thing that I think is uh, a detriment to a lot of business leaders because we talk about it, we say it, we feel pressured to even say we are this way or our companies are this way, but we need to break it off like a Kit Kat bar. We need to break it. We shouldn't share it. We just need to divide it and get rid of it. And it's a certain phrase. It's a certain phrase. You're familiar with the phrase. The phrase is, we need to be world-class. We need to be world-class. How many of us have said uh, to our own employees, to our you know business colleagues, to PR, to the press, our, we have a world-class team, world-class company, world-class product, world-class, world-class, world-class. We need to quit saying this phrase. And the reason why we need to quit being world-class is because world-class is sort of a band-aid for what we're trying to say when we say we are being excellent. The problem with it, however, is that unless you are going to run a global business, an international organization, and you're going to be like, I don't know, Samsung or 7-Eleven or something like that, you don't really have a seat at the world-class table. You have a seat at the regional table or the industry table or the sub-market table. You don't have a seat at the world-class table. Now, you may be saying, Pierce, it's just a phrase. It's just a turn of phrase. 
it doesn't really matter that much. And you know, someday we might actually be world class. The problem with that thinking and the reason I want to kind of lean into breaking this off and and helping us get away from using the language of being world class is because language is important. If you say you have a world class business, but you don't serve the world, you have a local business that serves um, part of your metroplex or your city, or you are a subset of a market segment for SMBs, or you serve the enterprise market, or whatever it might be, and you use the language of world class, what begins to happen is that people, industries, customers, clients, whomever, even your own employees, they will begin to disassociate your business with excellence because you haven't been able to articulate what it is you are best in class at. It doesn't speak for itself, so you have to lean on something bigger. Now, they teach us this in marketing. You marketing guys, you'll, you'll be familiar that you can't use generic language unless it's aspirational, meaning generic ideas, things like saying, we have a long-standing legacy doing X, I don't know, drywall, or our family has been in business for over 50 years. All of this kind of talking is sort of analogous to, remember like when you were in college or high school, and you said, I want to change the world. No one needs you to change the world. Start first with changing yourself. Start second with changing your sphere of of influence. Start third with what your business is able to touch. And then eventually, through a lifetime of leaning into a mission, of being persistent, of going through hard times and struggles and staying the course with a ship that doesn't want to sail through a storm, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll leave uh, your thumbprint on the world. But don't try and change the world. Try and change a specific thing in your world, and the world hopefully will be better, better for it. So, rant over. Don't try to be world-class unless you have a worldwide business, okay? From there, the question is, okay, what am I going to be best in class in? And this is a focusing question because if you don't know it, then it gets really easy to get caught up in the details, the daily minutia of busyness that you think makes you effective at being a business leader. And I don't know about you, but I know most of us, it's easy to get addicted to the adrenaline of just staying busy. And then what do we say? You know what I'm going to say. We say we're world-class in X. Then we go in with the Seinfelds. We go in with the yada, yada, yadas. And then people get a, a sense that we don't really know what we're good at and they choose to go work with someone else. Which begs the question, I'm going to digress from this point. What is excellence? And I ask what 
is excellence because if we don't have a sense of what excellent means in the context of our business, then we'll default to borrowing the definitions of other businesses. Things like the language of world-class or best-in-class. We'll borrow from the generic because we have no vision or sense of urgency about the specificity of vision that pertains to our own business. And so excellence is actually the grit, the grawl, the drive that focuses our business in and helps us compete, helps us execute on our mission, helps us make a long-standing difference in the community with our customers, with our clients, and who knows, maybe even executes on that, on that high school dream of, of wanting to change the world just a little bit with a little bit of persistence. So my question is, what is excellence? Uh, Excellence is something that, that really wakes me up in the morning. And I spend a lot of time studying the topic. Now that doesn't mean I'm excellent in everything. Uh, My close friends will tell you that's not true, but I do love to lean into it. Uh, In truth, uh, I'm just being transparent. I care oftentimes more about the image of excellence than excellence itself. But there are areas of my life where I really try to focus in that that, uh, excellence barometer and really try and have a very good sense of where I'm at uh, in that regard. And so there's basically three things that make you excellent in something. And when you're excellent at something, it actually becomes a pillar for your brand and your business. If you're excellent at customer service, then you're Zappos or you're Amazon. If you're excellent at entertainment, then you're Netflix. So excellence, when executed well, is actually the differentiator that people get to know you by. So then you no longer need to be world-class because you're best in entertainment or best in customer service. So what is excellence? Excellence, first off, begins in a vertical, like we were just saying. Uh, excellence cannot be generically applied. You have to apply it to something specific. So you're going to be excellent in HR. You're going to be excellent in revenue. You're going to be excellent in accounting. You're going to be excellent in marketing or market differentiation or you name it. doesn't matter. Excellence has to be applied to something. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. And we go back to where we've talked about uh, just minutes prior. So how do you become excellent in something? Well, first off, you care about the the details. Um, You even become convicted about the details. Do you have a 30% profit margin or a 31.5% profit margin? What was the profit margin last month? Was it 36.2%? Was it 36.7%? What exactly was it? Know exactly what the details are all the time and know what those details most importantly should be no generalization no gut feel no basically no last times i checked all of that is for the apathetic they're just generally speaking type businesses you're not a generally speaking type business if you're listening to this show you're an excellent business or you're pursuing that So the first thing is knowing your details and knowing what those details should be and getting conviction, getting some growl in your gut that makes you wake up every single day 
knowing how to execute, which is the next part of excellence, execution. So once you know what your details should be and what they are, the next question is, how do you execute to make sure you're always calibrating those details effectively? Execution is critical to you being able to continue down the path of growing your business in excellence. I was watching the documentaries, uh, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, and one of the, th- the things I love about this guy is how well he embodies excellence. Now, if the details are knowing the plays and knowing the technicalities of the game, knowing the boundaries and the rules and knowing his own body and knowing what his limits are, those are the details. The execution is the practice against those details and getting better and better and better and more refined at executing against reality. And the same is true for your business. Uh, Some companies say they're really good at execution, which means um, maybe that they are really responsive um, or they're really proactive. But when they get down to the details, they don't know what the details are. So they're quick to act. They're quick to fire. They're quick to shoot. They're quick to attack the market. But they don't have that underlying foundation to let them actually succeed in the long term. So they may go really fast towards some sort of market goal, but they'll die out because they never got the details uh, in their daily going-ins and going-out. So excellence is about execution, and it's about the right details. And lastly, you can... Know what the details are, know what the details should be, and know how to execute to calibrate those details. But without time, without some persistence, without some history, you have not proven yourself to be excellent. So to put this another way, I may know what I should do and I may be capable of doing it, but unless I've done it for a while, it is not either a habit, a discipline, or a legacy in my life. The same is true for my business. If I want to be excellent at something, I need to know exactly what details I need to pay attention to. I need to execute against those details really, really, really well, better than anyone, better than anyone then I need to do that for a long, sustained, market-disrupting, business-competing amount of time. And then once I've done that, I have the history, I have the legacy, I have the background that says I can be excellent. So excellence is... That detail with that execution over a persistent, differentiated period of time. Differentiated is important because 
until that way of executing and paying attention to the details actually makes me competitive, actually helps me win business, actually helps me take business from another business or grow my business or be effective in the market or win souls or execute against my mission, then I may not actually be excellent from an outside standard. I may just think I'm doing really, really well. But apples to apples, that may not be the case. That's why time is important. And that's why we need to get calibrated on this stuff really early on. It's like that analogy of a, a 1% of change over time can cause a really big deviation um, from where I should be. So like if, if a plane is off by one degrees, you guys have heard the analogy, right? And I'm starting in LA and I'm heading for New York, but I'm off by one degrees. Like I could be headed towards Antarctica. That one degrees matters a lot. So foundationally, I need to know what the right details should be and what they are. I need to execute against them so that as time progresses, that distance, that history I have of running with those details executed really well actually makes a difference for the business. And once you do that, once you have that excellence behind you as proven by how your business is able to compete and nothing else, then you no longer need to use the definition, now we've come to it, of being world-class. Because you're excellent in the vertical that differentiates your business's ability to be competitive, to have a great brand differentiation, and to ultimately realize the mission that you believe God has given you to do with your time here on the earth. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for uh, staying with me with Pierce's pet peeve, um, aka lunch break. It won't always be this much of a rant, but I hope it's given you something to think about this week as you go out and do your own work. Uh, until then, I encourage you to check us out online, LinkedIn, Facebook. And in the meantime, don't forget to think eternally. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.